0: Breakfast with Socrates by Robert Roland Smith One-sentence summary Breakfast with Socrates takes you through an ordinary day in the company of extraordinary minds by linking each part of it to the core message of one of several great philosophers throughout history, such as Descartes, Nietzsche, Marx and even Buddha. My favorite quote from the author is You can't be free to be right unless you can be free to be wrong. Robert Roland Smith What a cool idea. No wonder this book has been translated into 20 languages. Imagine you wake up in the morning and Sigmund Freud is sitting beside your bed to explain to you why you're struggling so much to get ready to leave for work on time. On the subway, Karl Marx tells you what's wrong with commuting and after work, Buddha gets you to be at peace with the world by telling you a story while you take a bath. This book makes that fantasy come true. You'll be taken through an ordinary day, but be kept company by the world's most renowned philosophers throughout history. Even if you're not big into philosophy, these three lessons will sure show you the practicality of this discipline. 1. Philosophy isn't about spinning your head all day. It's about making wise decisions. 2. Your morning routine is a battle of the egos. 3. A good way of assessing your happiness is to ask yourself if you'd live the same life again. Ready for the most interesting breakfast you've ever had? Let's sit down with Socrates and his friends. Breakfast with Socrates, lesson one. Philosophy gives you the tools to make wise decisions every day. This answers the question, is philosophy really as abstract as we generally believe it to be? Like most people, I used to think philosophy is just for dreamers and primarily concerned with giving yourself a headache from thinking too much. Man, was I wrong. In the past two months, I've learned a lot about it from books and I've realized that it's probably the most practical discipline of all. Philosophy isn't just asking, what's the meaning of life or is God real? It's just as much about answering, should I buy these Cheerios because they're on sale and would it be better to walk to work? Philosophia in its original Greek meaning translates to love of wisdom, and that's all philosophy is. Wise people can look at the world and see it as it truly is. Objective, rational, undistorted, and can therefore accurately reflect on what's going on. This allows them to make better decisions by asking the right questions. Yes, asking big questions is also part of the deal, but just some of the time, not all of the time. Philosophy is the practice of thinking critically in your everyday life, so you can navigate the world in the best way possible. Breakfast with Socrates, lesson 2. Every morning you fight a battle of the egos in your head. This answers the question, why can it be so hard for us to get up in the morning? I'd ask you if you have a morning routine or not, but in fact we all do. Lack of a morning routine is a routine in its own way. You either have a process or you don't. But chances are, if you don't, it's still the same cycle every morning. Like waking up too late, brushing your teeth in a rush, throwing on the first outfit you find and running out the door. Which end of the spectrum you fall on depends on the outcome of a battle that takes place in your mind every morning. The battle of the egos. Sigmund Freud defined two opposing forces in our minds in the early 20th century and labeled them the ego and the superego. The ego is your lizard brain. It just wants to live comfortably, without stress or surprises. The superego then comes in and tells you to do what society expects of you. Naturally, these two tendencies clash, and whoever wins defines the progression of your morning. When you stop hitting snooze and climb out of bed, that's a superego win. When you're at the breakfast table with plenty of time to spare, that's a superego win. And when you arrive at work 10 minutes early because of it, exceeding your boss's expectations, that's also a superego win. Most of the time, when you get your ego to surrender to the superego and thus delay gratification, good stuff happens. Breakfast with Socrates, lesson 3. You can find out how happy you are by asking yourself, would you relive every moment of your life in exactly the same way? This answers the question, how can philosophy help us assess our happiness? But maybe the thought of pleasing your boss is depressing to you because you think working a 9-to-5 makes you miserable altogether. In that case, you would have gotten along great with Friedrich Nietzsche. For a number of years, he concerned himself with answering the question, if I had to live this life over again, would I be able to stand it? He coined the doctrine of two worlds, which says that, next to the real world, we all conjure a fantasy world in our minds, in order to escape from the boredom and depression of our real lives. These mass hallucinations of better partners, better work, more money and fancier lives, however, are signs of weakness, he claims. To abandon the herd and live on our own terms, we must ditch the fantasies. It's the only way to see the world as it is master our destinies and start making them a reality. Nietzsche called people who do this supermen, whose, those who embrace their nonconformity aren't afraid to be different and start living in a way that it'd make them happy to live every moment again in the exact same way. Would you relive every moment of your life in exactly the same way? The answer will tell you if you're a superman or woman. My personal takeaways from Breakfast with Socrates for 2017. This was a book I I think I found on Blinkist because otherwise I wouldn't have. I, I don't think I was, I was stumbling around on Amazon for this one. I think it came through Blinkist. Um, and I just, I think the idea is brilliant, right? So imagine you have your day and so imagine this. The author wanted to show philosophy is actually practical, right? Because I don't know what associations you have with philosophy or used to have, but I thought, I remember one of my classmates who graduated with me or around the same time as I from high school, uh, I remember he studied philosophy. I don't recall if he started with that, but he studied it for, he studied like English and philosophy, right? I think that's what he started out with in college for teaching. So he just had those subjects. And I was like, man, philosophy, like, what do you do all there? Because we all say, we use the word philosophize, right? So imagine you and your friends are sitting in your kitchen at 3 a.m. And you're all half drunk and you're doing shots or you're having beers. And you just philosophize about life and the meaning of life and and who would have been where if they had done this differently and so on and that's usually what we think about when when we say philosophy right those are the images that come to mind so it's all very dreamy it's very abstract it's very oh what if and it can get slightly depressing if you do it for too long and so on but actually the more i'm learning about it <clears throat> and i think this robert roland smith did this really well his intention was to show nah nah. This is not this is like one part of philosophy but it's not all of it and actually this stuff's pretty practical. This stuff can help you make better decisions every day in your life. And I think he did a really great job with that because if you take a a day an average day in the life of, you know, you and me and you and he says, "Okay, so let's take different aspects from philosophy, great philosophers like intersect here, here, here and there and this could actually make your morning routine better or your your work or and so on." So I think this book accomplishes, it does what it's supposed to do, right? And it's very rare that, is, that a book is so on point with, and it's very easy to see what the author intended to do with it, right? Okay, so going back to, to my personal story with philosophy, um, I think it was a lesson in one of Tai th- Lopez programs, I did those like three years ago. Um, there was I think it's called discard and the calculator or solving problems with a calculator or something like that, and that was the first time I realized, man, philosophy is more grounded in logic and mathematics than I ever thought it would, because it's not, and that that's a very very important point to remember if you want to to keep in mind that philosophy is practical, like some of it comes from mathematics, like and logic and and rationality and rational thinking. And that's like the most practical thing you can do, right? I mean, that's totally not politics. That's totally not imagining, making up some dream scenarios, whatever. And I want to tell you about this lesson from Tai Lopez. So, Descartes and Solving Problems with the Calculator. I believe that's what it was called. And it was... You can imagine this scenario. Descartes, one of the greatest philosophers in history, sits in his study. And he's thinking about... He's thinking about... He's trying to answer the question... What can I say with certainty, right? So he's like, what are the things I know that are absolutely unequivocally true? Like, I, there, I have no doubt, there's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind or anyone else that this is true. And he would ask this question for, for several things, right? He came up with constructs like society or like the law, is that true and so on. And he would ask the question and he kept answering, no, I'm not 100% certain this is true and I can't be. So he kept asking and asking and asking and he sort of removed things and he slowly went backwards and he took things away. So if, everything, if anything wasn't, whatever wasn't true, he took away. So he said, okay, I'm disregarding that. I'm not looking at that. And in the end, he found what he was left with. The only thing actually that he, that he was left with was mathematics. So he reduced everything down to mathematics because he said, hmm, I know that 1 plus 1 equals 2. Like, it's mathematically been proven. There is a proof for that. It's, there's a certain way that you can prove in mathematics that 1 plus 1 equals 2 and that that's always true for any case and any system of numbers. And that was like, hmm, okay, that I know to be true. Right, so what else can I do? And the lesson here was that you should more often obviously use math in your everyday life, right? If you have something abstract Let's say you wanted to replace your salary, okay? Let's do it with philosophy. So let's say you're making $100,000 a year and you want to replace your salary with something you love doing, right? Like selling products online. So what you can do, and get this, this is philosophical, this is amazing. What you could do is, the simplest way, hmm, if you just want truth, so the tr- truth you know is you need $100,000 to replace your salary. That's the mathematical truth, you need $100,000 in 365 days to make Okay, so let's actually start calculating. If you took 100,000 and divided it by 365, that would be the first thing you know, that's $274 every single day you have to make. Now you know, okay, I have $274 that I need to make. Let's divide it by 24 hours. So that's $11.42 an hour that I need to make. Interesting, right? So if you worked every hour of the year, you would need to make $11.4 dollars. Now, obviously, you can't work that much, right? But a website can. So if you're selling online, that's actually possible. So whatever website you create you needs to make $11.4 every hour for a year, and you have $100,000. Um, then you could further calculate and say, hm, actually, that's not that's not too hard to uh, accomplish, right? So what do I need to do that? So let's go back again and say twelve hundred thousand dollars how much is that per month? And that's $8,333 a month. So $8, $8.3K, that's over $8,000 a month. But if you say, hmm, okay, I could sell on my website, I could write a book and I could do a video course and maybe I have a coaching element to it or maybe I sell as an affiliate someone else's product. Let's say you create, you could create eight different revenue streams. And then eight different revenue streams would all need have, uh, have to make thousand and forty one dollars per month that's also something that already feels a lot more accomplishable right that makes it a lot easier to dissect it and say "Hmm, actually having eight different things that make a thousand dollars a month is not remotely as hard as somehow making hundred thousand dollars a year and then you could start breaking those revenue streams down again right if you divide those by 30 again that's about 34 dollars a day that every revenue stream needs to make and so on And you see how you can instantly get really practical with something as abstract, quote unquote, as philosophy. Kind of amazing, right? So actually, if you do math, the next time you do math, just remember, it's philosophical. It helps you make better decisions. uh, It's rational. It's not abstract. And that's one of the ways in which philosophy can help you make your day better okay i hope this example was a little enlightening i know i usually go into the lessons but for this one i just i remembered this point and i figured it was really important so again uh, don't be afraid of philosophy don't be afraid to look into it more just look at the things you like Uh, i like stoicism it's one of my favorites Um, it's very easy to understand the modern translations are really good so if you like those if you want to give those a try you could look at books like meditations from marcus aurelius or on the shortness of life by seneca which I also have recordings for uh, as part of the 4-minute folio. Uh, And again, at the very least, the next time you pull out a calculator, remember, it's philosophy, not math. I hope you enjoyed this summary, and I will see you on the next one.